Hello and welcome to Grace Life Stellenbosch. We are a gospel-centered church family focused on reaching the unreached and making disciples. We pray this teaching will help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus and discover more of the reality of Christianity. Uh, I was just uh, um, on Friday with the uh, Mana group. I just shared a little bit about you know when, when we're going to start this Christ message or the, the series again. You know, you have that one or two seconds where you're like, no, I'm, not, I'm okay with that. I settled in that. And so the first Sunday was awesome, you know, just to hear those things again. But the second Sunday for me was like, I had to hear this again. Dealing with sin. You know, and I realized that, you know, as the year goes on, we, we basically get busy with, you know, ministry school or you hear things that you don't agree with and you just study those things out. It's kind of just drags you away from, from grace. And then I realized I need this every single day. I need to establish my heart in truth every day. Amen. So I was so blessed that you can just hear this again and it's awesome. So I want to encourage you guys. Be established in Christ, your heart, just every single day. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. And the verse that Ruan shared with me this morning as well is from Hebrews. It says, let your heart be established in grace. And the word established there is really deep, deep rooted. Now, I don't want to ask who wants to live more holy, but I'll put my hand up. You don't have to. Um, most of us would want to live more holy, live with less sin, make fewer mistakes, whatever you want to call it or how you want to term it. And I want to just jump in there in Titus 3. So Titus 3 in verse 8, um, I want to just uh, change things up a little bit, and I want to show you, first of all from the King James, and then I'll read the Passion to you as well. So Titus 3 in verse 8 says, This is a faithful saying, and these things will I that you affirm constantly. Again, that links to what Ruan just said, like the constant confirmation, um, that we have to affirm and confirm these things constantly that they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. The word maintain there speaks of habitual, that you habitually do good things. Okay, These things are good and profitable unto all men. So he says, these things I've just shared with you, these things are profitable for you to live more holy. These things are profitable for you to do good works. If we teach these things and we teach it constantly, even Peter writes and he says, listen, I don't, I don't mind sharing these things again. I don't mind sharing these things afresh. Now, I promise you, don't worry, I don't take old messages and just share them again. I might take old ideas and dig deeper and then share them afresh. Okay? Um, because I need to grow, otherwise the message is going to be stale. <laughs> um, if I don't grow, if I'm not excited, why, would, why should you be excited? Okay? Um, so I don't stop prep until I'm excited. Okay? Sometimes it takes longer, sometimes it's like one verse and like, I'm excited, then I need to just... Uh, to, 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 to squeeze all the juice and then I can share it with you. Okay? So it says, if we teach these things, then verse 8 in the Passion says, how truth and beautiful and faithful is this message. I want you especially to emphasize these truths. Okay? So we're going to look at what these truths are. So that those who believe in God will be careful to devote themselves to doing good works. It is always beautiful and profitable for believers to do good works. So as grace people, and we're in a great, radical grace series, we need to say that, listen, we're still about good works. Okay, But the motivation is different. The motivation is not to be accepted, but because we are accepted. Okay, So if we look at these truths, and I mean, I had the privilege of prepping the whole chapter. Uh, you haven't yet. So just answer for yourself, what do you think these truths are 
that Paul is referring to when he writes to Titus. And he says, if you, if you highlight these truths, if you affirm and constantly reiterate and remind people of these things, the result will be, do you read it like that? The result will be good works. Okay? So many people would want that fruit. Okay? We want that result. Many churches would want that outcome for their people. Many pastors would hope that their people are about good works. But now we, let's go to verse 5. Well, let's go to verse 4. And it says, After the kindness and love of God our Savior towards man appeared. So we're looking at the truths that's going to result in good works. You still with me? So we're just reversing a bit further and now we're taking the roll up. It says, Not by works of righteousness which we have done. Okay, see, this is where I'm already excited. <laughs> but according to His mercy, He saved us. I want to just pause there for a moment. When we sang the songs this morning and you just sing Jesus, you might think, like, come on. You know what you sing when you sing Jesus? He says, God is Savior. That's the word Jesus. Jehovah saves. So that's worship. I can't save. Jehovah saves. That's grace. We need to reiterate. We need to be strong in that. It says, but according to His mercy, not my performance, His mercy, He saved us, past tense, by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. The washing of regeneration, but according to His mercy, He saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. Okay? This is such an important verse. We need to get this. And then verse 6 says, which He shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. So you have an abundance of the Holy Spirit and you've been regenerated and renewed through washing. The washing of regeneration. Okay? He says, We shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior. Why? That being justified by His grace, verse 7, that we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. These things constantly affirm. Isn't that amazing? Nothing on what you should do. Everything on what He has done. These truths will result in good works. These truths will result in holiness. These truths will result in righteousness. So when we share what He has done, we actually live better than what we try and share what we should do. Or should be doing or should have done. Now the word regeneration and washing... It's really an important thing for us because it's really speaking about rebirth. Now, if you still think rebirth is a clean slate, then you came to the right church this morning. Okay? I'm going to say that again. If you think rebirth, or what some people might then say, okay, I'm not rebirthing myself, I've done that. I'm not getting born again again, but I'm recommitting. Or I'm, um, I, I want another chance, Lord. Like God's not a God of second chances, by the way. Remember, I told you about the patties we need to bry. So, God's not a God of second chances. God will always give you another chance. But not the way you think. Because once you are regenerated, you don't need a second chance. Because you're not the same. And that's what we'll look at this morning. Um, let's just look at some other verses that I've got for us in that, or other translations. You know what? Let's park that thought. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 5. 2 Corinthians 5. 
So I'm going to share with you, hopefully, no, I'm going to share with you the truth this morning that's going to help you live in better works. Good works. More of that. Amen? No one excited. Hey, come on. <laughs> we want to live better, don't we? We said yes, but it's not a burden. It's a pleasure. It's easy. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 16. I'm reading from the message translation. Because of his or this decision, we don't evaluate people by what they have or how they look. I want to say we should not. <laughs> Mature people don't. Okay? We look at the Messiah, or we looked at the Messiah that way once and got it all wrong. As you know. We certainly don't look at him that way anymore. Now we look inside. And what we see is that anyone united with the Messiah gets a fresh start. Is created new. Okay, the word fresh start there, you should be careful because it's better than you think. The old life is gone. Remember we shared last week about when you did that work on Word and you didn't save. And you're looking for that final year project and you can't find that final year project. And you look everywhere and you, you go and you pay lots of money for people to, or the hard drive crashes. or like Those things used to happen often. It's gone, gone, gone. You know, like It's nowhere to be found. And that's how your past is. It's gone, gone, gone. It's nowhere to be found. You've been made fresh, new. The old life is gone. The new life emerges. Look at it. All this comes from God who settled the relationship between us and Him and then called us to settle our relationships with each other. God put the world square with Himself through the Messiah, giving the world a fresh start by offering the forgiveness of sins. God hasn't given us the task of telling everyone what he, or He's given us the task of telling every, everyone what He's do, doing. I would say what He's done. We are Christ's representatives and God uses us to persuade men and women to drop their differences and enter into God's work of making things right between them. We're speaking for Christ Himself now. Become friends with God because He's already a friend with you. Isn't that amazing? Yesterday we had a team do outreach. Uh, Kristen, I know you were there. At a Halal festival. I was like, that's amazing. Huh? That's brave, by the way. <laughs> that's bold. You know what? And the testimonies that I've been listening to that came through on the group is just amazing. Because, you know, people know when they're alive and they know when they're dead. Like, you, you know when you're dead. You know that you need life. And whatever you're trying to make you alive, it's not working. Like religion, um, there's fruit and there's life and there's water that gives life that once you taste it, you know this is, this is good. Amen? And that's what happened yesterday. And um, they were speaking to imams and to different people who make religious jewelry. And, and the openness that I could hear from the testimonies, is, that was for me sort of the biggest thing. You would expect if people are going to uh, raise funds for Palestine and you come in as a Christian, there will be a bit of hostility in the current climate. But uh, you know what? Even that is temporary. Because what we have to share is eternal. Amen. And there's no longer Jew nor Greek. There's no longer male nor female in the spirit. We are all one in Christ. So, not getting sidetracked, just putting in some question marks in your thinking. 2 Corinthians 5.17 from the Young's literal translation says, So that if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things that pass away, lo, look at, become new, have all the things. New have become all the things. I like the Young's literal. It sounds like Yoda from Star Wars. And sometimes he just throws it in a different way so you get it. Look, become new have all the things. It's an old way of speaking, but it helps us to understand. And all the things 
are of God, who reconciled us to Himself through Jesus Christ, and did give us to us the ministration of reconciliation. Now, this is a famous verse, and it's so famous we miss it. Okay, this is so famous that we don't get all the juice out of it. Listen to this. He says, we are new creations, new creatures. Not new of the same kind, no, a new kind. You used to be one kind, now you're a new kind. You used to be one way, now you're a different way. He says, all things did pass away. All the old things are now gone. Okay, we understand that and we like that, but we don't necessarily live like that. But look at the second part. He says, all the new things are now of God. Okay, now just think about that. So you have a past. No, you had a past that you may be ashamed of, or mistakes that you've made, or things that you've done wrong, or things that you you just can't shake. When you close your eyes, you feel bad about it. If you read this verse, and you believe this verse, it says that anyone that is in Christ is a new creation. Okay? All things have passed away. What passed away means there, it's not that that it's, it's gone away. It means passed away is what when someone is dead. So what he's saying is the old you isn't dead, now that you've come to Christ, the old you has forever been dead. Because who has life? The one who has the Son. According to 1 John. If you have the Son, you have life. If you don't have the Son, you don't have life. If you don't have life, what are you? Dead. So can we take Elvis Presley to court today? Some legal people will maybe find a loophole and tell me, yes, and his estate will have to pay for it. I'm not talking about that. I'm saying, can Elvis Presley go to court today and, and be found guilty? Him, in person. <coughs> Don't ask me why I thought of Elvis. Last, year, last week it was uh, Hitler. So. Some people say he's still alive. <laughs> Michael Jackson, whoever you want. Like, who's dead? Why, cannot they be con- why can't they be convicted? Because they're dead. Okay. So why can't you be convicted of the mistakes you've made? Because you're dead. The old you, who made the mistakes, isn't only dead, but was dead when you made the mistakes. Because remember, there's two trees in the garden. There's the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and there's the tree of life. So the old you has not eaten of the tree of life, therefore you've been dead all along. So now when all things are gone, all things are passed away, it says everything of the old you has and are and will forever be dead. But now the new things have come, and the new things now, all the new things, is from whom? Christ. So, your past, in the new, is now God's past. Your history, in the new creation, is now God's history. Because all of who you are and everything that you now have is new, and everything that is new is from God. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that, that's a bit radical. (laughs) Hence the series. So everything that we've done wrong, we, we, before Christ, before being born again, and you know the word born again steals from us. I'm I'm an activist to change that meaning. Because it's not born again, that thing's clean slate. And even Nicodemus misunderstood it in John 3. He says, but can I go into my mother's womb a second time? And Jesus says, you don't know what you're talking about. Because it's not born again, even though the language implies it. It's born afresh. It's born anew. It's born a second time, but in a different manner. 
The other translations or other verses that refers to this speaks of born from above. Born of God. So we are born of our mothers and fathers. And then when we get the revelation of grace, when we hear the gospel, when we receive the seed of Jesus, then there's a second awakening. There's a new life. And then there's birth. But it's not birth in the same manner. That's why God's not a God of second chances. Because He's not giving you a fresh start in the old Adam. He's giving you a fresh start as the new Adam. In the new Adam. And now the new Adam has a history which is now your history. And when you look for your history, you can't find it because all things are dead and all things that are of you is now new. And all the new things are of God. Isn't that amazing? Let me explain it in another way. That now makes it a bit easier. So, the word speaks of that we've been engrafted into the new tree or the tree of life. So we've been cut off, that's dead, and now we're engrafted. You can speak to Carly later. He will much better know what, how to explain it than what I can. But there's now an engrafting into an existing tree. And it's not of the same root system. So you cut off the branch... And then you engraft it into a tree that is established. Now the tree that is established is Christ. Now we've been cut off, crucified with Christ. The old man is dead. Now the new man is engrafted into Christ. So you become one with this existing tree. Okay? So now if you count rings on a tree, you count it where? On the main stump to see how old it is. And the people who know what they're doing can tell you a lot about the history of even the, 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 um, the, the rainfall. So if it's a thicker ring, then there was more rainfall that year. And if it's th- thinner, then it was more drought. So there's a history that you can read in the tree. But when this branch is now engrafted, what is the history, the only history that you can read from this branch that's been engrafted into the existing tree? It's Christ. And his history. Because you've been cut off from your history. That is now dead. You were dead because a branch by itself is dead. But now we abide in Christ. We stay in Christ and he has now become our life source. So when the inspectors come to your house and they want to look for your history. All they're going to find is Christ's history. Because you've been rooted and grounded in love. You are no longer what you were. You are now fresh and new. Isn't that amazing? So we think we need to be rooted and grounded in love. Then we think hard work growing roots. No, you just need to abide. Hold on to the one who is love. Hold on to the one who is grace. Hold on to the one who's engrafted you and opened himself and laid himself down. All things therefore have become new. As a new creation, nothing of the old remains. Your past is now of God. Your future is now of God. And your present is now of God. John 3.3 3 says, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except a man be born again, born from above, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Massive statement. It says, if we swap it around, Everyone who's not born again, born from above, not a spiritual being, cannot see the kingdom. Okay, so we have a, 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 a subtitle to the series that says Radical Grace is the answer to every question. Because if you come from a kingdom reality and a kingdom truth, but you speak to an unborn person, you will never come to the same conclusion. 
Because he cannot or she cannot see the kingdom. So the answer to the current situation in Israel is grace. It's the gospel. Because only when you preach the gospel and people receive the gospel can they see past what is going on. And can they see the kingdom reality. We can debate until we're red in the face, but we're going to speak of two different worlds. A kingdom spiritual world and a natural world. The answer to the United States and their problems in politics is not Donald Trump or the Republicans. It's the gospel. It's not more laws. It's the gospel. Yes, abortion is wrong. Yes, I'm not a liberalist. I'm not left. I'm not anything like that. But nothing in politics will save the world unless the only thing that politics is good for is to allow people to share the gospel. But even that, sometimes people share it more under persecution than they do when there's freedom. Okay? So my warning to you is don't get caught in the trap. Don't join the pigs in the mud. Because we're not called to fight in the mud. Colossians 3 says, think about things that's above. So yes, we speak into this world and we live in this world, but we live in this world as different beings, new creations, born from above, born of God, born of the Spirit. So whatever we go through in this life, we have a different way. We have a different meaning. We have a different purpose. And you know what? We have an unfair advantage. This week I did some interviews with um, very young people. They feel very young to me. They're graduating this year. And one of the, the, the new questions I have in my interview process is, what are you known for? I'm asking you this morning, what are you known for? And usually when I asked that question this week, I asked it a few times, it was uh, met with a gasp. Like, sure, that's different, or that's deep, or that's difficult. I want to ask you, what are you known for? Because we're looking at how to live in good works. One of the things that I've realized that I'm known for, and I'm not bragging, I'm just saying what people say about me, is wisdom. This year it's, <coughs> it's come up a few times. And you know what? Christ is wisdom. Amen. So they're not seeing me. They're seeing Him who's in me. Amen. And I mean, to lead a church, you need wisdom. Trust me. <laughs> but in business, I can apply wisdom. In difficult situations, I go into a meeting and I said, Lord, I know there's A and B, and that's what the people are fighting for, but show me the other way. Show me the, the best way. And, and, and you know what? I would very often sit in a meeting and I'd just say, hey, what about this? Or what about that? And, and then people run with the ideas and make as if it's theirs. And that's okay. Me and God, we know that He gave it to me, so it's not my ideas anyway. But part of what we have is a different view, a different perspective, a different um, reality, different purpose. So we have... I love to, to fly in an aeroplane for the very sake that I like a window seat and I can look out over the clouds. And then I realize that no one in the Bible had that privilege. I mean, you know, there's the Mount of Transfiguration and Moses spent a lot of times on the mountain and Jesus did as well. But we can worship because we, can, we, we should be worshiping more because we have a higher view of God's creation and the beauty thereof. And then often when you sit there up in the sky, how many feet, and you look down, the problems look small. Or you see how vast the, 
poverty in our land is. But that is sort of the idea that we have as new creations. We're not just caught in the mud. We have a different view, a different perspective. So we should treat and deal with our things and our sins differently. And that's what we said last week. John the Baptist came and said, repent. Change your thinking because God wants to deal with sin different than what you think. He doesn't want to clean it and clean it and clean it. He wants to demolish it. You know, we sing the song that um, Waymaker. And we like Waymaker because, oh, God's going to make a way. Didn't Jesus say, I am the way? But we want a way in the natural, in the desert, in our situations, for our finances, for our business. God is a way maker. Of course He is, but we should be moving past that. As mature people, we are in the way, because we are in Him and He is the way. And guess what? He is the truth. And guess what? He is the life. So without Him, you don't have life. Isn't it good news that the old you who did all the wrong things were dead when, they, when you were doing it? I think it's good news. I mean, doesn't mean that this world is going to um, forget. doesn't mean that if you made mistakes and maybe you hurt your children or your spouse or an ex-spouse, that they're going to just forget. That's not, that's not the guarantee. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that God has forgotten, that God has forgiven, and that God loves you and that person. And that God is working in the hearts of people to make them soft. Because God is a God of reconciliation. So whatever we broke through our sins and stupidity, God wants it more, more than what we want to, to, to restore. But it will not always happen because sometimes people need to decide. And you know what? God can't control people. Some of you know what I'm talking about, and some of you think, no, he does. No, he doesn't. God doesn't control people. What about all these empty seats? I don't think God wanted them full this morning. So, we decided that they're not coming. We got more seats on the other side. We decided that they're not coming. Was it God? No. It was people. We decided we're going to Albania. We did. We had an unction, we had a following, we had an urge. But you need to respond. God doesn't have money. You think about that. God doesn't have jobs to hand out. God can work in the hearts of people who do. And He can work in your heart and give wisdom on where to apply and where to knock because the Word says knock and it will be open unto you. That's not really the context of that verse, is it? It's talking about revelation of knowledge. Of understanding. So, if we're not born from above, we cannot see the kingdom of God. John 14, 19. A little while longer, and the world will see me no more. But you will see me. Because I live, you will live also. At that day you will know that I am in my Father, and me in you, and I in you. Isn't that amazing? Like, the world won't see me because they don't believe. But you will see me. Why? Because you do believe. And when you see me, you will see that you're in me. And that you're in the Father. John 3, 3 from the Young's literal again says, Jesus said to them, Verily, verily, I say to you, If anyone may not be born from above, he is not able to see the reign of God. That's why we cannot debate people into heaven. A good apologist will not get people born again. 
unless he or she shares the gospel. That's the only way to get people born again. Born from above, born in a new way. That's how we should think about it. I'm born, and now I'm born in a new way. Not born in the same way again. Born again is in a new way. Born from above, born of the Spirit, born of God. John 3, 4 says, Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say unto you, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Now this is where we, we make it two things. And we let the Bible interpret the Bible. We have to say that what the Bible says, what is water in the Old Testament? It's the Holy Spirit. So we just started in Titus 3 that says the washing of regeneration, which is the new birth by the Holy Spirit, which speaks of water. So this is better translated, if we be born of water, which is the Spirit. Because now people will be very creative and say, yes, when you're born of your mom, her water breaks, so you're born of water. Now, what if you have a C-section? Before your mother's water breaks. I don't know the biology or the, how that works, but that's just something to think about. Unless we are born of water, of the Spirit, we cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Now let's just test this idea a little bit, and we have to look through the Bible to make sure that the Bible interprets the Bible. So Ezekiel 36. We're going into the, um, I want to say the so-called Old Testament. We're just going into the prophets, actually. And it says, I have sprinkled over you clean water, verse 25, and you have been clean from all your uncleanness and from all your idols. I do cleanse you. We looked at this last week in a different way. And verse 26 says, And I've given you a new heart and a new spirit I've given your midst. You see, water and spirit. But it's one happening. It's not... Two separate things. I've given you, I've sprinkled you, I've made you clean and I give you the Spirit. And I put it in your midst. And I've turned aside the heart of stone out of your flesh and I give you a heart of flesh. And my Spirit I give in your midst. And I have done this so that in my statutes you walk and in my judgments you keep and have done them. So I'm giving you a new way, a new spirit, a new life, a spiritual life, a clean life so that you can walk in my statutes. Isn't that amazing? It's what Philip, uh, Paul wrote to, to Timothy. After Titus. If you do these things, if you celebrate grace, you're going to live holy. At least holier. <laughs> I know it's different than what you were taught, but that's the Bible, isn't it? I'm not saying that the Bible is different than what you were taught. I'm saying it doesn't matter what we were taught. We should look at the Bible and see what the Bible teaches. Amen? John 3, 7. Though may no wonder that I say to you, it behoved you to be born from above, the Spirit... Where he willeth, does blow, and his voice thou dost hear, but thou hast known whence he comes from, and whither he goes. Thus is everyone who has been born of the Spirit. Born again is born of the Spirit. Let's settle that today. It's not a start, a new start, it's not a fresh, it's not a new you, it is a completely new you. <laughs> That's why Christianity is not a better way to life, it is life. Before Christianity, there's no life, there's death. When do someone die? When their spirit and their soul departs their body. So the spirit is life, isn't it? Those who have the spirit have life. 
So before you had the Spirit, did you have life? No. So what were you? Dead. I mean, it's not difficult, but it is, the unlearning is, is dif- more difficult in the series, I believe, than the learning. Titus 3. Now we round about the mountain. For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish. Any amens? Disobedient. Amen. <laughs> Deceived. Amen. Serving diverse lusts and pleasures. Amen. Living in malice and envy. Hateful. Hating one another. So he's talking of the old you. But after that the kindness and the love of God our Savior towards man appeared. I love that. Like It is not just that God appeared. It is towards us. You know the love of God is directional. It's, not, it's like Cupid. That's why they got the idea from Cupid. Cupid is very directional. I mean if he shoots you with that arrow you have no chance. Amen. Or maybe you pass that romantic state of life and welcome to reality. Now love is a choice. Okay? You, you fall in love and then you choose to stay in love. So we have to realize that God's love is not just out there and now someone finds it and some not. No, the word says, surely goodness and mercy will pursue me every day of my life. We have to... I can't help myself. I have to comment. It's only... Goodness and mercy only pursues you until it gets you. Because then it becomes one with you. If we have a mindset that goodness and mercy is chasing me down after you're born again, then you're missing it. Because now you've become one with goodness and mercy. You've become one with love. He's now in the midst of you. And now you are the ones who are pursuing those who has not yet received. And you are now goodness and mercy hounding down the unbelievers. Being ambassadors of Christ saying be reconciled to God anyone in here who got born again through some person let's call them a human being sharing or preaching the gospel unto you hands please okay, so you have someone to be thankful for that is not just God okay The word says it is more blessed to give than to receive. And we think it's only speaking about money because we are carnal. How blessed was it to receive the gospel, to get born again, born from above, born of God, and one with Him for all eternity? That was a pretty good day in my life. Amen. The word says it is more blessed for me to give the Spirit than to receive the Spirit. It is more blessed to preach the gospel than to just receive the gospel. You see, we are invited on a life of adventure, but we don't see it that way because we don't understand good news. We think to be a missionary is difficult because we have to tell people, stop sinning, become boring, be a Christian. That's not true. I'm living the adventure of a lifetime. Amen. I was a quiet kid in school. I was the fearful one. Because I thought I was Christian. Just, I just didn't want to die and be wrong, not be right with God. That was unpleasant to most people. 
I don't think Natasha would have married me if I didn't get saved. Because I was unpleasant. <laughs> but now I have good news. I've got good news to tell people. And it's more blessed, but I'm not doing it for me, I'm doing it for them. Because I knew what I was, wretched, in my sins. But I got eternally saved. I've got good news. It's not for a select few. Everyone is predestinated. Everyone is predestinated. God, who is not willing that any be, perish or die, but that all come to repentance. You can tell that to John Calvin and some modern day theologists. God, who's not willing that any should perish. Behold the Lamb of God who died for the predestined. That's not in my notes, so I know I'm treading on dangerous ground, but I need to set you free. By grace, you've been chosen. We're all predestinated. The word says some are chosen. Why? Because they say yes. They choose. Romans 11.5, I wear it on my arm to realize that I didn't choose this life, but I was chosen. There's a remnant according to... You don't know the verse. Let's go to it. Romans 11. Romans 11 verse 5. Even so, then, at this present time also, there is a remnant, a select few, according to why the election of grace those who've said yes to grace, those are in the remnant. Everyone is invited. Jesus shared the parable, didn't he? To the wedding. Some were busy. Some had better things to do. Some thought it can't be for free. Can't be that good. What did he say? Go out again. Invite again. And some said yes. And some came to the marriage feast of the Lamb. And are forever and eternally one with Him. God who is not willing that any would perish, but that all would come to repentance. Let's go to Titus 3 as we were. Verse 5. You can put those slides up for us, please, Teresa. So I'm just giving you a few different verses, or same verse in different translations, which really helps us to squeeze the juice out of the translation. Sometimes we need to see because the translators are biased. They bias in their understanding, they bias in their doctrine, or their understanding of theology, or how they see things. So Titus 3 5 in the King James says, Not by works of righteousness. No amens. I'm great. That's, I'm so glad that's there. <laughs> Which we have done. Amen. But by or according to His mercy, He saved us. By how the washing of regeneration, which is one thing, that's the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. All of this is one thing. Okay? The water is the Spirit. And the rewashing, the regeneration is the new. Ezekiel 36. We just looked at that. Next translation, please. 
Amplified Classic. He saved us. Not because of any works of righteousness that we had done. Amen. But because of His own pity and mercy. By the cleansing or bathing of the new birth. Now some people make that baptism. It speaks about birth. The birth, the new birth, the new regeneration is even difficult. It's actually new generation, new creation, and renewing of the Holy Spirit. Okay? Next one. Amplified says, He saved us not because of any works of righteousness that we have done, but because of His own compassion. Okay, so they changed the words pity to compassion, which I think speaks more of love. And mercy, by the cleansing of the new birth. So you see, we're growing in our understanding here. The spiritual transformation, or spiritual birth, which is regeneration, which is the renewing of the Holy Spirit. Which is, you were dead, now you're alive. You were Adam, now you in Christ. You were a human, now you spiritual. And guess what? Your past is now His past. Your new you is now in Him. Your new life is Christ, which is the Spirit. And then the passion, please. He saved us, resurrecting us through the washing of rebirth. The Spirit. The cleansing, the sprinkling, Ezekiel 36 spoke of. We are made completely new. How? By your works. By your confessions. By your... No, by the Holy Spirit. Whom He splashed over us richly. Ezekiel 36. I will sprinkle, I will splash over you the Holy Spirit, which will make you clean through Jesus, the Messiah, our what? Life giver. So I was dead in my sins, but now I'm alive in Christ. We say yes and amen, but this is the implication of just that saying that I hope you take home with you today. Yes, you were dead, but now you're alive in Christ. He saved you through the resurrection of the washing or the rebirth, completely new through the Holy Spirit, whom He splashed over you richly in Christ Jesus. Amen? So how do we overcome sin? We preach these truths constantly, boldly, one of the translations say. And I hope I did that today. I'm not ashamed of this gospel, by the way. <laughs> not at all. Like, I'm not ashamed of this gospel because it has changed me, it has transformed me, it has renewed me, it has put me on an adventure of, of a lifetime I didn't dream of. Yes, I made mistakes and I still do. But I'm alive. Amen. Amen? My past is His past. My future is His future. My purpose is His purpose. My life is His life. No longer I that live, but Christ now lives in me. We say yes and amen. You don't have a past anymore. Your past is dead. Your past is gone. Your past even is new. Because all things have become new. And all the new things are of God. As far as the east is from the west, so far will I remove your sin from you. Your sins and your lawless deeds, I will remember no more. 1 Corinthians 13, love keeps no record of wrong. 
Who is love? God. Is that the God that you know? Is that the God that you've known? Sometimes I tell people, I also don't believe in the God you don't believe in, buddy. I also don't believe in a God who keeps record of wrong. I also don't believe in a God who's going to play my DVD. I wonder if that has changed now. Is it now streaming? There's a big cloud data center in the cloud. The cloud of witnesses. <laughs> and they're going to call forth, Herman Rousseau has just entered the building. And then they're going to type and search, and they're going to ask, which one? No, the one who was birthed in? Strand. Yeah, play that. And your mom is going to be there, and your grandmother is going to be there, and your ex-girlfriend is going to be there, and everyone is going to be there, and your wife is going to be there. And Some people teach that. And then they, they think you should get saved. That's hell. <laughs> That's not heaven, is that? There's no rebirth, there's no washing, there's no regeneration. What the old you did wrong, you did in the flesh, but the new you is spirit. That's why when we cut to the heart, it is the picture of circumcision. Now let's just be blunt for a moment. Abraham did not carry his foreskin with him. Your past is gone. It's been cut off. The word speaks of a circumcision of the heart. The problem is we are holding on to our past much more than what God is. Lay aside every weight. Hebrews 12. Even the sin. And then people teach, stop sinning. From that verse. Hebrews 12. Let's go there quickly. Hebrews 12, verse 1. Wherefore, seeing also we are encompassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every, some weights, all the weights, every weight, and the sin, which does so easily beset us. The word is ensnare, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Now, there's two ways to interpret that. The one is that sin will ensnare you and keep you back, which is true. But how do we deal with sin? We preach the gospel. So we don't preach sin to deal with sin. Titus 3.8, where we started. We preach the gospel to deal with sin. And then when we hear the gospel, hopefully by the washing of regeneration and the renewal of the Holy Ghost, now we realize that I can let go of this weight of sin, this weight of guilt, this weight of shame, this weight of my past, the weight of what I did wrong, and I can move on. And I can enter the mission field, the adventure of life. Lay aside... Let go of sin. The sin that you have committed and the sin that you're afraid you're going to commit. That's often another way that sin ensnares us. 
So sin is more powerful than you think, because we think sin only ensnares us when we commit it. But by you thinking on sinning and not sinning, you're already ensnared. You already lost focus. And can I share another bold statement with you, seeing that we're on a roll? You're self-centered. Because we are not called to stop sinning, we are called to preach the gospel. So when I try and stop sinning every day, when do I share the gospel? Plus, what gospel am I sharing? Not a radical grace message. Not good news. I'm just asking, like, where's the power? And you guess what? Where the power is, is where the fun is. <laughs> where, 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 where we preach it radically. I knew I had too much, so we're not going to get done with this. Let's go to Ephesians 5. Oh, this is beautiful. Ephesians 5, verse 25. And we'll end with this. Husbands, love your wives even as Christ has also loved the church. How did he love the church? By giving himself for it. That he might sanctify, that is make holy, set apart. Quick comment on holiness. Holiness is not not sinning. Holiness is being set apart. That's why the marriage bed is undefiled. The marriage bed is holy because two people have been set apart for intimacy. Through covenant. So when we're living holy, it doesn't mean we're not sinning. When we're living holy, it means we live for the king and his kingdom. And when we're good ambassadors, we would, as we renew our minds, stop sinning. But it's not when you stop sinning that you... That you become holy. It's, you are holy, now you stop sinning. Isn't that good? Go read Colossians 1, 2, and 3. And read it in the Passion Translation. And you'll see what I mean. He says, stop lying. You liars, no? <laughs> stop lying, you born from above heavenly creatures. Because you are no longer liars. Husbands, love your wives as Christ has loved the church and gave himself for it. Why? That he might sanctify, set apart, make holy. Why? And cleanse. How? With the washing of water by the word. Titus 3, 5. Ezekiel 36. John 3. All the same message. That he might present it to himself. A glorious church. Not a massive church, not a big church, a glorious church. What does glory mean here? Not having spot or wrinkle. Where does wrinkles come from? From your age, from your past. So if you have no wrinkle, you have no past. Newborn baby. 
So if you look in the in the mirror and like, what the hell was so funny? Without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. Spot is sun blemish. It speaks of age. But that it should be holy and without blemish. Without a past. Without shame. Without evidence of what you've done wrong. (coughs) Completely forgiven. Eternally reborn. Born from above. Born of God. Born of the Spirit. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the gospel. It's not a restart. It's not a fresh start. It's not a second chance. It is completely and utterly more than that. It is not just a new life. It is the only life. Because you were dead in your trespasses and sins. And now He has made you alive with Christ forevermore. Isn't that good news? Isn't that worth taking out into a world that's dying? Hungry, thirsty, a world who had enough of religion, even church. And we say we don't come with another of the same kind. We bring the only news. Why do I say that? Because news is telling what has happened. You needing to change and clean up is not news. It's instruction. If I tell people to stop sinning, to come right to God, it is not news. I'm not telling what has happened, I'm telling them what they should be doing. It's not the gospel. Because the gospel by definition is good news. And news have witnesses. Because it has happened. And you and I, we are witnesses. Not just of what Christ has done, but what Christ has done in us. In us, in me. You know, I work in in secular some days of the week and People speak about sustainability and they speak about social impact and they speak about all these things and there is just nothing like the gospel, is there? There is just nothing that excites me, that charges me, that refreshes me, that gives me purpose like the gospel does. The word says we don't work, don't eat, so we work. But what a privilege. To be laboring in the word and in doctrine and in teaching and in preaching the good news of our Father. Guess what? I'm not a doomly. I'm just one of us. So we can all do it. What an adventure. Get on the bus. 
Let's preach to a dying and broken world. News. Good news. Ladies, if I come to you and say, hey, I found, what is it these days? The serum. <laughs> I've been told that if it's called the serum, they can ask three times the price. I've asked the elixir of youth. I found it. I found the serum that takes away every spot, wrinkle or blemish. And guess what? It's for free. I'm sure we'll have a queue of ladies <laughs> and some men. Don't make a, don't be, don't be, a, don't be fooled. That is exactly what we have. Uh, except this is eternal. What great news! What privilege to share with you this morning. find more of our free teachings on our website www.gracelife.ca and if you're ever in the Stellenbosch area we invite you to join us for one of our gatherings our aim is to help you discover Jesus find family and experience life to contact us or to find out where and when we meet visit our website www.gracelife.ca